and welcome to today's Just Chopped In podcast and radio show. And today, <laughs> joining us from the hot tub is David. And we have a couple of the nice ladies from Joan of Arc. We have Shelley Walker and Kira Kenworthy. How are you doing, girls? Doing yeah, all right. Good. Oh, Shelley was just going to go for a cough. I was about to cough. Yeah, yeah you cough. can cough. I don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> so, what have you been up to? I see you've got a new single out called Here I Go. Yes. Yes, we have. It's, um, it's really taken off really well, actually. All right. So how was the album received, actually? Because I had to listen to it the other night and I thought it was quite sort of like proggy, if you like. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's so far, so good. Actually, a lot of people said they really love it and enjoy the album. It's um, different for our, from our other albums and it is very proggy because me and Kira's influences are a little, from the prog era a little bit as well, as well as other genres, but... Um, yeah, it is a bit proggy, but that, that's Kira for you. That's uh, the oh, bassist okay. that can play like a lead guitar player. <laughs> All right, okay. Because, yeah, I was listening, and I yeah, I was talking to David about it the other day, actually, and I said it sounded a bit proggy. And there's one song under there that's a bit like the Somewhere in Time riff from Iron Maiden. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're, you know what song I'm talking about? I can't uh, remember which song it is off the top of my head, but... Yeah, I, I think I know what you're talking about. There's a few Iron Maiden-esque songs on there. Yeah, there's yeah. one in particular with a quite heavy riff that might actually be Invisible Enemy. Okay. Um, the actual title track of the album. Um, when I played it to a few people, they they said, "Yeah, I can hear the Maiden in it." <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, yeah, I could definitely hear that you're in one of the tracks. So yeah, uh... there's also one that has a bit of an influence on Muse as well. Um, I think that would be Silver Sun. And we actually have a lyric video um, available on YouTube for people to check out as well. Um, and uh, uh, the baseline that, uh, that I did uh, has a sort of synth quality that you might hear from a lot of the Muse baselines. Um, right. It's it's very spacey and it's uh, in the music. Okay. I mean, have you got down this direction intentionally, or because you know you've like had a couple of lineup changes? In the last couple of years, I guess. Yeah, I just I think me and Kira wanted to sort of experiment with the music and um, you know, try out some different things that we love sort of listening to as well, you mm. know, the influences. And I think that's that's where it's it developed, you know, and we've we've re we really enjoyed making this album. It was very hard though, because it was over a two year period of lockdown. Yeah. Yeah, so it wasn't yeah, it wasn't yeah, easy locked in and having to go back in studio again and then out again and then back in again. And so it was very it was broken into like four sessions, but it wasn't easy to finish it. Yeah, yeah. So did you did you send each other yeah. stuff over like emails and what have you, or was it purely when you got together? Well, we had to we had to meet at the recording studio and get together. We also rehearsed up some of the tracks we were going to re re be recording. So we did a lot of pre-production, but remember if you're, say you're from Yorkshire and then someone else is from Bristol and the other one's from Hertfordshire and you've got all these restrictions, you know, they had county restrictions where you weren't allowed to go into another county. It, it was really incredibly hard to finish that album yeah. because of the restrictions, but we did it 
uh, but it was worth it. Yeah, yeah, yeah cool. Yeah, because we've spoken to quite a few people actually, quite a few bands, and they they also had you know the same problems with COVID and stuff. And a few bands have tried writing remotely and getting together we did over that Zoom as well. or Skype. Mm. Yeah, you did that as well. Yeah, yeah so we did that. some of the songwriting. So me and uh, Shelley started songwriting during the lockdown, uh, where we um, started um, emailing ideas and get, uh, throwing demos across um, for potential songs that we wanted in the album. I wrote about. Um, I mean, I, I did like um, probably more than two songs, but I picked, I think we picked um, two of them that really uh, stood out. And um, basically I did all the, I did like drum, did a drum machine, uh, did the guitar parts, and then we just kind of added uh, a bit more vocal and that together. And then um, what we would do when it was all right to start rehearsing, we would go all together in, in a rehearsal and start learn, uh, learning the songs and how we were going to do the structures of the songs. So some of the structures may have been reduced and may have had to be switched a bit. A bit. But um, yeah, most of it was me and Shelley um, going backwards and forwards with songwriting ideas. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, it must be tough, man, trying to get stuff done over Zoom and, you know, emails and and rehearsing as well on Zoom as well, because there's a bit of a delay yeah. when you're trying to do, rehearse via Zoom because uh, it sounds like you're out of time because one person may be picking up um, your video, whereas it may be delayed on your end or it's delayed on their end. So it's yeah. always better to do it face-to-face. <laughs> and a lot of the tracks were inspired by actually being isolated and actually not being able to go out and if one of us lived on our own, it was tough. You know, that's the kind of thing. Um, so it was a journey of those two years, really, that whole album. That's cool. Did you did you think that um, while you were writing it, did you find it helped you as well because you were on your own at the time? Yes, absolutely, yeah. yes. The, the album to me is like therapy, you know, it's like uh, going through a real hard time emotionally as well like we couldn't I mean for me I couldn't see my family for months on end because they yeah. live up further up north um so it's very very difficult so a lot of that was therapy um and it's it's just way better doing making music than doing something else you know it's yeah. just that's all we could do really we didn't have a lot of options to do other things so yeah. we just I mean, yeah. I mean, I know a lot of people have wallowed uh, over the lockdown and they actually didn't. They just sort of stayed in and did nothing. But then there's people that actually become very successful <laughs> over lockdown because they use their imagination and what can I do being indoors and how can I, you know, connect awesome. with people in a different way. Yeah, no, I, I, I basically stayed in and ate Pringles and sat in my pants for seven months pretty much i was uh, yeah. i definitely I wallowed no you didn't we started this podcast <laughs> i couldn't do that i mean i uh, i mean i'm not like I, I like it may be easy for some people just to sit and watch netflix all day i wish i could do that but i ju i'm just not this kind of person that can sit down i like to mm -hmm. move about and then get stuff done, uh, done so uh one of the things i had to do was um you know i had in order to kind of make a bit of money coming in i i, I when uh, I became a cleaner, a homeless uh, project during the lockdown. And uh, I did, obviously I kept going uh, out doing exercise and stuff just to keep myself 
um, doing stuff and obviously continue playing bass. Because um, to me, if I, I decided to just, oh, I've got no gigs, what's the point in playing bass? I, I just couldn't imagine myself doing that. So I thought, well, just take, um, Kira, just take the opportunity just to keep practicing and get better and better and maybe think about writing songs uh, while you're at it. So you've got all this free time. It's not going to be forever. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, that's good. And luckily that's good. it wasn't forever, which was which no. is great. <laughs> right. Yeah, so moving on to that then, when are you guys getting out on the road? Are you already out on the road? Have you got some gigs lined up? <laughs> Funny enough, we weren't going to tour this particular album. Um, we just because our the band members we had left after lockdown. I think they wanted. I think lockdown kind of um, shook a lot of people up, and they mm. wanted to do different things with their lives and go off and to different countries and do this and that. So for me and Kira, we were sort of left on our own, and we just thought, you know what? We've got an album sitting there doing nothing. We may as well release it. Um, yeah. And that's what we thought. Um, we do our individual playing for different people. And you know what? We may, re me and Kira do gigs together sometimes, but we may reunite um, in a different form uh, with a, a, a whole new album, you know, in a couple of years or whatever, you know. But I just think uh, we just wanted to get the music out because for me, it was, uh, you know, just sitting there and I wanted people to hear what yeah. we've done over the last couple of years in lockdown. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's no point hiding it away. We also did a Patreon no. <laughs> page as well. And uh, because things changed after we did the Lucy album and people uh, kind of went their separate ways, um, we still needed to oblige to um, uh, the patrons who uh, paid a monthly to see us to support uh, record the album and support the album and we didn't want to leave them behind so we uh, we definitely thought well we want to release this album to them as, as well we just can't leave them empty-handed even if things have changed no, the lineups and everything that's correct and and we we will be doing physical copies um in uh, probably the end of november we'll have physical cds people still want to they still want to buy cds and vinyl Mm. They don't all want to, I mean, we've had a lot of downloads, but they, they won't all want to do that. Some some mm. people like to have a CD. I mean, I've got a vinyl player and I absolutely love it. And I play yeah. all sorts of records on it. I need to yeah, get I, one, actually. I, I get that. It, I, I, whenever there's a CD or a vinyl available, we always get them. Having said that, my, my vinyls, I normally get them signed and then they get put up on the wall. So I don't tend to play them so much. <laughs> but um, the CDs, yeah, i got got to have it. Got to have something in my hand. Got to have a hard copy, definitely. <laughs> That's not the right thing to say when you're sitting in a hot tub, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already, I'm already hoping you're referring to a beer. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so you're all dressed up there, Kira. I mean, I'm to be honest, I'm just wondering if you're a bit of a witch. Because you've well, got like... Uh, uh, a lot of the stuff I'm getting is from a uh, probably a lot of people ask me where I get my clo their clothes from. Yeah, I don't actually sponsor them, believe it or not. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I get a lot of my clothes from a place called Killstar. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, um, it's kind of what I would call like a pop shop for goths sort of thing. Yeah, I was going to say it's very gothic then. 
yeah, yeah. So the the neck uh, the neck wears from them. The leggings I'm wearing from them. I actually got this frog from Hollywood actually because I got it. I've been to Los Angeles a couple of times, and I went to a place called Monster Go Go. Okay. Um, I'm probably giving them free publicity <laughs> doing this, but I, I, I actually don't endorse them in any way. The way I just like their clothing and uh, yeah, um, they do some really nice pieces, and that's why uh, I wear what I like. So. Yeah, yeah. So is that even, like even, a, the, even the ring is from Killstar, yeah. um, but uh, yeah, I, I I like it. Well, when I'm doing an interview and that, I do like to look my best. Don't look like I want to just fall out of bed. <laughs> or fall into an opera. I have I have done interviews during the pandemic in my polar bear pajamas. <laughs> yeah. So I did see uh, quite a while ago. You did a video with John Altman. John Altman. Oh yeah. God, yeah, yeah, John Altman, the, yeah. the Christmas single, yeah, that was quite a few years back now. Yeah, and um, yeah. it was so much fun, and we did it in a place. It was a manor, and it was um, Bruce Dickinson's friend's manor house. Okay, it was uh, Iron Maiden, Bruce Dickinson. Yeah. it was his friend's manor manor house. We recorded the video in. Okay, it was just like really bizarre. It yeah. was so crazy, and. Um, yeah, I met him years ago in in Norway on a trip um, because I was just doing some session work, playing guitar, and um, he was doing sort of seminars uh, on the ship, and we hooked up. Uh, me and him were the only ones that were teetotal. Okay. And that's why we connected, because me and him, everybody else was drunk around yeah. us in this crew bar, and me and him were just sober, and he looked at me and he went, there's no one normal in this place. I need to. <laughs> he just went up to me and we started chatting. Um, and we were friends ever since. And um, then he just said, oh, I'm, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Do you want to do a, a, a Christmas single with me? And I, we, we debanded and I went, yeah, yeah why not? So we yeah. had a little uh, performance. And he came to a local fest charity festival uh, called Ballstock Festival. Uh, my friend, Julie Roche, runs it. And... Um, he did a live performance with us and then he said, you know, do you want to do this Christmas single? The record label want to do this. And I said, okay, yeah, let's do it. Um, and we had just so much fun. I mean, we, we got into the, like, uh, the, we didn't get anywhere in the charts, but we got into the, like the, uh, the top 200 or yeah, whatever. Yeah. We had good fun. Yeah. We had really good fun. Cool. And he's a great guy, you know, he's got so many, um, rock and roll stories to tell he's he's just like a, a book of rock and roll and all the people that he's uh, met over the years like the who because he, he he was in the film with, uh, and he was in various films he was in the quadrophenia film i don't know if you know that yeah we he's actually got, spoke yeah. to him on the podcast oh you did oh okay yeah, well, yeah. we spoke <laughs> to him ages ago and uh yeah we, you know, we mentioned about this. I mean, I was just going to laugh then when you said that he couldn't find anybody normal to talk to. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he, he couldn't. He said, he's just like, there's all these drunk people around me and right now and you're the only one sober and he just couldn't, because they'll dribble in and stuff and then one eye. And, yeah, 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 yeah. And he just wanted to talk, have a conversation with someone. That somebody could who wasn't drunk. But... A sentence. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. a sentence. He's ever so funny. Yeah, so, yes, yeah, yeah. Not necessarily normal, but uh, not, no, not drunk. Nice he came on with a teddy bear, didn't he? He was like, Rrr. yeah, <laughs> yeah he's, um, awesome he's, a de- he's definitely a character. 
Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's a, a, he's a nice guy, actually. He's a lovely guy. And he's actually not nasty. That's the thing. No, I know. I know. He's actually a really nice guy. And he, because when, when we spoke to him and he was talking about, I don't know her name, Doc Cotland. And he said, what a legend she is. And, you know, what a lovely woman she is. And, you know, he used to beat her up as Nasty Nick, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Brown, it's yeah. crazy that character. Yeah, he said she's such a lovely woman. He said, "Yeah, nothing bigged her up, didn't he? Nothing but bigged her up. He had nothing yeah, 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 nothing about about yeah. yeah, he was good, man. He's uh, quite like you say. He's quite a character, to be honest. He is definitely a character. Yeah. But uh, all right. Well, I sent you a, an email the other day, and I was I want to ask you what your five favorite songs are. Yeah. Well, we. We've got, we've sent you about 10, I think. Yeah, you didn't have Maybe to send them to me. Too many. I know you sent them to me, but you didn't have to send them to me because we'd just like to okay. get into it. And uh, we just wanted to know what your favourite songs were and why, really. You know, not, um, ne right. not necessarily, uh, they don't necessarily have to be in this genre, you know what I mean? But it's just like, song yeah, they, I mean, I've seen okay. the list and they're not actually on this genre, so. Kira, do you want to go first or should I go first? Um, yeah, I'll go first. So um, the songs that I picked, um, well, I can't really, like with anything, like when people tell me, um, what's your favourite bands? I can't really pick a favourite because there's so many bands that I really like. So I picked um, a couple of songs that I really do like yeah. um, that fit with the radio. So all of them are rock songs. Okay. So the first one I picked is Space Trucking by Deep Purple. It's one of my favourite Deep Purple songs because I like the lyric aspect of it. Um, and I love the, the da -na 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 -da -da -na -da -da riffing in space trucking. And ACDC uh, picked Girls Got Rhythm because me being a bass player, I really uh, just, to me, it is like a sort of signature song, even though maybe the bass line is not as complex. I just mm. really think it's one, um, one of my favorite ACDC songs. Um, Zombie by the Cranberries. Now, the reason why I picked that one is I think it's so universal with its meaning, especially with what's going on with the Ukrainian war and everything. I think it's a very deep, a deep song. I also picked Cowboy Song by Thin Lizzy because I, again, Thin Lizzy, uh, a really great uh, band, and uh, I think it's a really good song. Nice and Sleazy is actually one of the first bass lines that I learned. Okay. Um, uh, Jean-Jack Bunnell's baseline on this is great, especially the tone because it just uh, punches through really nicely. Barbara O'Reilly by The Who. Well, two not one of the best intros. I just love that intro uh, of Barbara O'Reilly. Um, Tom Sawyer by Rush. Um, obviously, because Geddy Lee is a brilliant, probably one of the best bass players of all time. But it's I I think it's probably one of my favorite Rush uh, songs. It was kind of like uh, either Spirit of the Radio or Tom Sawyer, but I think I prefer Tom Sawyer. You've more. stolen one of mine, Kira. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, Spirit of the Radio is one of my favorite, oh, right. favorite, and, favorite proddy songs, prod rock And songs. the very last one I picked um, is actually one probably people may have not thought of is Flakes by Frank Zappa. Because okay. me and my siblings, we actually grew up listening to Frank Zappa and Mothers of Invention. Got uh, in my dad's vinyl collection. We've got a lot of Frank Zappa, and he's like the Mozart of rock. Hmm. Doesn't just stick to one style of music. He's just so 
he's got a lot of sense of humor with his music and i just thought because i've been to california and it's so true yeah. <laughs> with, with lakes very good you flew for the list, list. Oh, that's <laughs> a good list she's given me too many here well i'm, I'm going quite retro actually um i'm going for maybe a few songs that were ahead of their time Okay. At the time that they were released, uh, Space Oddity by Bowie, mm -hmm. I think Good. he's um, legendary as a song. It was way ahead of his time. Well, um, wasn't that a song massive, that broke Massive broken, nod really? off my wife there. Pardon? He got a nod off his wife. Got a nod off my wife. But I said, wasn't that really the song <laughs> that broke him, that broke Bowie? Didn't yeah. it break, it wasn't that his breakthrough song? Yeah, I think so. I he, think it was, he, wasn't he was it? Just, really bizarre for his time he was just really he cat he was in a character you know i, I love mm. that whole character thing yeah um then i've got uh mr blue sky by elo okay great song because i just think again it again it, for me it's ahead of its time yeah well, and, definitely. and it's, it's one of those songs you listen to and it could put be played any year any era and it yeah. just Oh God, it's I never get bored of it. Yeah, no, I don't either actually. But I can say that by quite a lot of ELO songs because there's 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 a lot of ELO songs that are just timeless. Yeah. Yeah, that is a timeless song. Yeah. And that just hits me. And the orchestral the instrumentation at the end of the song, I mean, it's just it, it gets me here. It's just uh, just incredible as a composition. Yeah. Um, he, he actually, Jeff Lynn, um, when I when I was a boy, that is incredible as well. That's not one of my favourites, but um, it's not a very popular track. Like, no, I no, like some yeah. But he really is um, quite underrated as a writer. I mean, well, we spoke to Bev, Bevan. Oh, and, right. uh, and he said he just basically said Jeff Lynn's a genius. Like, he did, didn't he? Yeah. 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 He is a genius. Yeah, I would agree with that. I've seen him live. It's amazing. You know, when I saw him live, he he pulled it off. His voice was just like when he was younger, and I was like, mm. wow. Uh, I couldn't believe it. Um, the other one I saw live was, uh, who was it? I saw live. Uh, oh, God. My brain's... It'll come back to me soon. Um, Comfortably Numb by Pink Floyd. Okay. Me, it's, it's the guitar solo at the end. He's just... When I first heard that guitar solo, that made me fall in love with guitar. It was like lead guitar. It was like, wow. Yeah. I've never heard a guitar sing like a voice like it in a solo. I was just like, this is just unbelievable what I'm hearing. Yeah. Even if you're not a big fan of Pink Floyd overall, and you, you know, because some people say, oh, well, you fall asleep to some of it. But actually, that for me is probably the greatest one one of the greatest guitar solos mm. okay um what else uh, uh trying to think my uh, while my guitar gently weeps yeah george harrison george harrison again mm. i love the beatles i've always loved the beatles since i was a kid but some of the george harrison tracks are just incredible they just are again a bit underrated yeah. Um, yeah, they weren't really pushed, and but I think he's got a bigger fan base than ever now. I think mm -hmm. he's 
now he's not with us. But, yeah, um, yeah. He, yeah, the uh, while Margaret Clark gently weeps, and um, if you see the live version of that with Prince, I don't know if yeah. you've seen. Oh, I was going to say, if check out Prince it's, again, it's incredible. like so. They brought the song alive. It's like phenomenal. That yeah, version yeah, yeah. is just phenomenal. Um, any others? Any others? Let me think. I think um, I know it's a bit cliche, but I think Bohemian Rhapsody is an incredible. I love that. That's a great song. Yeah, incredible song. Yeah. And uh, funny enough, I never knew it was a B side. It was. Um, it was quite in in its time. It was rejected a lot. Mm. It was too long because uh, back then with the single that'd be like three minutes and it was just yeah. epic. But Kenny Everett it, didn't he because he gave it the break. Um, yeah. But we, our first album, we recorded at Rockfield Studios. Okay, yeah. The Ride of Your Life album, and that's exactly where Queen recorded uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah. yeah. And it's a really old, like it's a farm studio. Do you know it? And it's it's got. I mean, still got shit. the dust, sure, the yeah. dust on the walls, and uh, yeah, yeah, that's and it's got a real weird feeling about it. Like um, there's ghosts in there, you know. You feel like yeah. when you walk in the studio, and it hasn't, they haven't changed it since the seventies. Okay. And you feel like it, there's the ghost of Freddie Mercury in there. The piano that he wrote wrote on. He's yeah, still got piano I played there, on that piano. It really, and it just cool. gives played on that piano when I was in the studio that he recorded on and it literally gave me goosebumps up my arms when I was playing on it because I was like wow he's he's actually played this but I felt like something went through me like yeah. <laughs> really weird yeah it's incredible isn't it it gets so, it's amazing you can get so much energy from buildings and objects yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so uh but do any of you play chess? Oh, well, I'm not saying I'm about, I've, I've tried. And um, I think I, with my dad, because my dad was an avid chess player uh, back in the day, we had a next door neighbor and he would have um, nights where they would, um, I remember I was really young at the time. It was my bedtime, but I could hear that they would be playing the rec uh, their my dad's vinyl records, and they mm. would be playing chess. And my dad's, uh, I mean, I would be beat straight, straight away when if he was playing chess. But I did have a little go at it at school and that. But um, I, I don't know. I probably might pick pick it up maybe in the later life, but because, uh, but it's it's always trying to think what's going to be the best move. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you think, oh, that's going to be the great move, someone's going to help outdo you. Well, apparently, the, I mean, these chess <laughs> masters, these chess masters just memorize every move that could be possibly done on the board, and then that's how they they don't. I don't think it's more of a strategic thing, but it's more of a memory thing, I think. But there's a guy called Hans Nyman. Have you heard of him? He's yeah. a grandmaster. He's only 19 years old. Yeah, and it's usually it's usually like really young. Kids, the teenagers that are very, like, yeah, yeah. I've got very a chess set. Ah, oh. <laughs> I don't know if you can see it. Yeah, yeah. It's really nice. It's got like a marbly kind of. Yeah. We had a wooden. We had a wooden chess set somewhere. Not, they're not made out of ivory, are they? They will get cancelled. 
They're probably out. <laughs> I did get them from another country. So. Um, <laughs> you, you don't know. surprise me. We'll it have the activists on. <laughs> um, we, I don't know if we still have the, the last chess set, uh, chess set that we had uh, before I moved down here to Yorkshire because we lived up in Scotland. Uh, it was a wooden chess set. And it looked really, really beautiful and elegant, uh, lovely cream and um, brown, uh, brown wooden fin uh, finish okay. to it. Um, but yeah, last time I did a, a game of chess was actually with my sister's um, sister's boyfriend while we were on the flight to a family holiday to Turkey. Uh, we were both uh, opposite each other and we thought we'd get a, a tiny mini, a mini, mini version of chess. A mini you chess know, these little crap um, mini chess sets. Yeah, magnetic little plastic. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah, the travel <laughs> chess. Yeah, yeah. And I'm trying to remember, I think I, I actually think I did a really good job. Uh, I don't know whether I beat him, but I think first time I actually was doing really well because knowing if I beat, uh, tried to play with my dad, he would beat me fair mm. uh, and square. Okay. He's just re he's done it for years. <laughs> well, I'm going to go back to the hands nine in a minute anyway. Because he was just playing in a in a big championship chess game. I was going to say a golf match then. I don't know why. <laughs> a big chess game, and he was playing against um, the world the world grandmaster, who is Magnus Carlsen, and he beat him. And it's the first time that this Magnus guy has been beaten in fifty three matches. Okay, and he was this um, Hans Neumann was accused of cheating. And they reckon that the way he was cheating was he had anal beads inserted into his anus and he was receiving <laughs> Morse code from his coach. And he was Morse code for what? From He was receiving Morse code from his coach. So they wow. were, they were programming the these. Yeah, through the anal beads. So they were, <laughs> they were vibrating in a certain way of which movie he had to make to beat this grandmaster. And... Uh, Yes, but it's created quite a big stink in the in the chess world. <laughs> no pun intended, yeah. <laughs> and now they're actually uh, now they're actually thinking about making all these chess matches, these big chess matches, okay? Yeah. Uh, and they have to play in the nude, so they can't cheat. Oh. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll tell you what, I'm looking at chess players in a different way. Are you? I didn't see him as promiscuous. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's obviously the youngsters coming through for you, you know. <laughs> yeah, the new generation. It's, it's about it, right. Yeah. That sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought that was quite a strange story. I mean, it's, yeah, it's only like in the I last think week. Chess has become a more popular game now. <laughs> I, think, yeah. I think it'd be even more popular the way it's going. Yeah. yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Always seen as a game for. for, for Often, uh, these yeah, yeah, I don't even, yeah, yeah, that would be more of a game, game of thrones, <laughs> I think. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was quite a, quite a weird story that I saw, so oh, <laughs> I would bring it up. <laughs> so, yeah, so you mentioned, uh, when are you going to go out on the road then? We already said we're not. We're not. <laughs> oh, you're not going out on the road. We're not going out on the road promoting this actual album because it's a lockdown album, and we had other band members that 
Yeah, yeah, I understand that. Oh, no, I still thought you were going to actually go out and tour it, though. No, we're not going to tour it. But, you know, me and Kira might in the new year turn over a new leaf leaf and go, do you know what, we might do this. But at at the present, we just wanted to release it, see how everybody feels about it, get a feel for it. And so far, so good. It's had so many plays and it's doing so well. And, yeah, it's it's had great feedback and... It's doing right. well. Yeah. Um, thanks to plug-in, baby. <laughs> yeah. But is that like a, is, well, I don't know, is it more of a legal thing or is it just because you've lost your other members? I mean, obviously um, your sister was in the band before. Yeah, she was, but she had a baby. It's okay. a toddler. Um, and she's the toddler, Isla, she's a crazy girl. She's okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she needs full-time attention. She's, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a bundle of energy. life. Yeah, yeah, bundle of energy. I mean, I know you do get women that go on tour and have babies and stuff, but I live a different ball game. She's okay. <laughs> gonna be she's definitely gonna be something when she's older. And it's um I think I feel like it's sport though. I feel like she's a rugby player or something. <laughs> well, do you think then you maybe you go out on it in a under a different name or? No, no, we would always keep the name because he's been going for years with yeah, different yeah. members. So we wouldn't go under a different name. We would just get other members to step on board. And no. so me and Kira. The name itself like, has oh, quite a lot of, I think the name itself has quite a lot of strength and power to it. Because mm. there's been people who have, may have never heard of Joan of Arc at all and say, wow, that's a brilliant name. <laughs> Just yeah, the thing alone. Yeah, it uh, has a strength as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it has strength with it. We wouldn't change the name. It's sort of, that's part of our thing now. We've done three albums. So it, we we just, me and Kira just needed a break after the lockdown because we've been through a dramatic two years. Mm. We've gigs as individuals and gone out and played for different people. I mean, Kira's still doing lots of gigs. You know, I'm doing a session work for people, but we needed a mental break from, uh, be, you know, being in a girl group, it's not easy. No, no, I can imagine. Not easy. It's really <laughs> not easy. And when four women are all hormonal and crazy yeah. and nuts, oh, God, you don't want to be in that room. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's bad enough having men together, but... Uh, you do not want to be in a room with four women, women <laughs> that are, you know, oh, it's... It's hard work. It's yeah. hard work. And that's why, you know, with the band, I see Joan of Arc with longevity. It's a long lasting thing, but a cycle of different female musicians. That's how I see it. Yeah. But there's yeah. the core foundation, like me and me and Kira are kind of like the core. And my sister still writes. My sister wrote four tracks on the album, actually, oh, okay, which cool. are featured on the album. She wrote, um, funny enough, here I go. Um, she wrote uh, Silver Sun. Uh, she wrote Flying Free with me. Uh, songs that me and my sister have written. And, yeah. and they're all on, there's about four of them on the album. There's um, Kira's, the darker song for Kira's. Okay. And that she's comes from my influence, obviously. She's a goth. Uh, because I've grown up with uh, a lot of goth music. And also, I mean, my music ranges from funk and soul all the way to bloody death metal. So. <laughs> <laughs> Um, there's uh, a lot of kind of dark influence and subject matter that I do and also I am a big 
fan of horror films and crime documentaries and I thought I might like to write a song um, just with uh, a real struggle that women usually do is just violence towards women. I've seen crime uh, with, and it's, it just seems like a very good way to, to write a song but I don't do it in a very campy way, which a lot of, I mean, I've listened to a lot of bands that do it, um, no disrespect to them because I've listened to Misfits and everything, but there's this campy way of doing it or in your face with mm. the subject matter. But I like to do go back to where it was silhouetted in a way where you don't blatantly be explicit with it. Yeah. Because it leaves it to the person's imagination. Yeah. Yeah, care is on the dark side. I, I did write Invisible Enemy, which is quite dark, actually, but that's more about being isolated and, you know, things falling apart around you in the and the whole lockdown period of feeling trapped. Same as isolation, feeling the song Isolation on the album is about feeling trapped and you can't go out and you feel like you're there's four walls surrounding you. And that's how it felt for some people. Okay. Um, so yeah. a lot of that, but Kira is the real dark side. She's the dark side, and I'm more of the light side. So you merge them together, and actually it works. Yeah, so we work cool. musically really well together. My yeah. sister's also a great lyricist, and we work really well. And we just keep that foundation. And you know, we could have new members next year. And but me and Kira needed a, a mental break and a physical break, but mainly a mental break because we needed to just uh, chill. It's, uh, it, it's easier being in a band with men, and I guarantee okay. that. Okay. I'm telling you that now. <laughs> okay. Don't you agree, Kira? It's easier being in a band with men. <laughs> I'm saying nothing. No comments. Oh, right. Okay, maybe not. It's hard work. Um, it, it's been hard work uh, for the last few years, but um, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, but but either way, it's experience absolute experience with um working with men and working with women yeah what's hard work being in a band me, anyway it's man. about working with great musicians yeah. um yeah and, and that's uh, the thing is working that's what me and kira always wanted to do we we always want to work with great musicians but musicians are emotional creatures and then yeah, 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 you don't you know, know if you're going to get aggression you don't know if you're going to get laughter or whatever or love or it, it could be anything so yeah. you could work with someone you could think wow you're the most incredible musician in the world and then all of a sudden they have this outrage of anger or they flip out or musicians are emotional creatures and mm. uh, you, me and Kira have, have worked with lots of Jacqueline Hyde personalities Jacqueline Hyde yeah we've worked with all sorts of musicians some have Jacqueline Hyde personalities some don't and it's me and Kira can just say I think we're normal Kira <laughs> we're not completely normal <laughs> I would say normal uh, no, uh, but uh... <laughs> we, me and Kira really can work together We've got yeah. the right chemistry to work together. We know, we just know each other well enough. And, and we just, work. me and my sister are the same. Mm. It's just, it's hard when you've got so many different personalities in a band. Yeah, yeah. Well, will and there someone, be another album coming then? Well, yeah. I mean, someone commented actually on our thing and said, I don't understand. You've changed mem you keep changing members that left, right, and I said, listen, I said, have you ever looked at, Fleetwood Max yeah. back catalogue. Yeah. Have a little look and see how many members actually played in that band. And yeah. you'd be really surprised. There were loads. 
yeah, couldn't yeah, believe course, it. Yeah. The list just kept going on, you know, from Peter Green. And then yeah. it was like, oh, my God. And then they laughed. They laughed at the car and they went, I see what you're saying. I know what you mean. And I went. Yeah, yeah, that, for that, sure. Like nobody, there are bands that do not have 100% original members. Um, I mean, is there one? Uh, which the band? Rolling Stones. I think they're not original, are they? The Rolling Stones—they must be all original. No, they're not. Nope. No, they're not. No. One of them's dead. <laughs> so you know. Well, a few of them are dead, actually. Yeah. Keith Richards is undead. Can we name a band that has the same original? I members? can tell you a band that's going out on tour with original members. Okay. The Damned. Oh wow! Their new tour that they're doing is actually with the with the original four members. Wow, and that, that is very rare. I have actually seen the damned original lineup years and years ago, but they've actually got the the differences pushed to one side, and they're going to go out on tour. I think they might have already started, or they might have already done it. But yeah, that is unique. That's very unique. Yeah. So, but I don't think there's many uh, other bands out there. With the original members, I mean, I think I can normally think of two. Well, ZZ Top was probably until Dusty Hill died. Yes. Um, yeah. ZZ Top, and I think Ramstein as well. I know that's uh, been the same people. Um, but yeah, there's usually maybe one person that's gone, or they've got, and then sometimes a band member dies. I mean, look at the Foo yeah. Fighters. Oh, that, that was absolutely tragic. That. Mm. Um, that was actually a shock to me. Um, well, I think it was a shock to most people, to be honest. Yeah. You know, because they were in the middle of a tour as well, weren't they? So. But have any of you seen Squid Games? I it's have. Five. No, no, I've heard five. about it. To be honest, program. I mean, it was all right. I mean, the concept of it was quite interesting. And yeah. uh, I mean, I, I, I watch, I mean, when I have any time to spare, I do watch quite a bit of Netflix. Um, and I, I've been watching quite a lot of the stuff that's come from Asia. And uh, I watch quite a bit of anime as well. And uh, okay. uh, some of the, uh, and I've been looking at some of the South Korean films and, uh, and series. And Squid Game was like something that people said, you've got to check this out. And I've been, okay. Mm. And, um, I mean, uh, some of it I, uh, did look good, but I have to be honest, I, I didn't really think much of the ending or anything. It was a bit... Yeah, yeah, the ending was... I thought the ending was quite predictable, actually, but... Because, uh, you know, you, you met that old guy... Games and then everyone getting killed off one by one, I mean... <laughs> yeah, but even with the old guy, we already guessed that the old guy at the beginning was the actual boss. You know, he, and they yeah, even yeah. faked his death oh, out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. But what I was going to say was, how many people do you think have been killed by a giant squid? Oh, yeah. <laughs> is that what people thought it was going to be? No. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of like a cross between Takeshi's Castle uh, and, well, I was going to say Takeshi's Castle and Sword, but it's got Sword more gory. So. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, struggle I, think, I think Shelley's Googling it, actually. They, they were just over Yeah, just checking it out. But, yeah, uh, they just too much. Stranger Things is supposed to be really good. And I've got to be brutally honest, I have actually never seen it yet. But yeah, I got bored of that. 
Yeah, I got fed up with that the last season. Yeah, my season missus as loved well. it. She watched. She absolutely binged it over like a week, all four seasons. But I, I got bored of it quite quickly. I got to be honest. It's a oh, bit nice. like, um, bit like Twilight. It was too, pretty. yeah, too <laughs> funny to enjoy. Really, I like. I wanted it to be a bit darker. Go watch uh, what we do in the shadows. That's a proper vampire series. <laughs> I bloody love it. It's like trailer park a boys cross with an interview with the vampire. I've seen the <laughs> film because really the film in New Zealand release, isn't it? So I yeah, seen the, yeah. the original film. That was quite quite a good laugh. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I just finished watching the last series of it. I thought it was absolutely hilarious. So oh, uh, give that a go. Shadows. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, how many people do you think have been killed by a giant squid? Captain Nemo didn't. <laughs> There's only actually one report, I think. One real report. Oh. And that was of a 12-week-old boy got nabbed off the coast of Norway. Now, what a 12-week-old boy was doing by the coast, I, never, I don't have a clue. But <laughs> apparently a giant squid came and took him away. Squid games. I don't go in the sea very often. <laughs> yeah, you're making me not want to go in the sea. <laughs> Unless it's the ledge. <laughs> Although I really enjoyed Israel, though, because I uh, got to see dolphins uh, for the first um, Yes, we did. We, we did perform in Israel together. Oh, did you? Uh, cool. Yeah, me and Kira did, uh, played in Israel for a whole month together. It was like a session gig, corporate, okay. corporate kind of thing, tourist thing. But, you know, we knocked out a lot of cover numbers. And, um, yeah, it was just swelteringly hot. Now, people at home were saying there's a heat wave. It's 35, 40 degrees. And we were like, yeah, there's a heat wave. It's 50. Oh, <laughs> that's hot. We were like, this is a heat. No, but we have the air con, so I yeah, guess yeah. we cheat it a little bit. But it was a real heat wave. It yeah, was, yeah, it is. 50 degrees. We went in the desert. We went to Tinner Park, which is a desert, didn't we, Kira, with all the scorpions? Yeah, we did. It's really incredible, uh, uh, some of the sites that we saw. It looked very alien. It looked like um, something you get oh. out of a Star Wars film or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Because um, it, would, it, it would make a really good spot <laughs> to, to film stuff, but it's also quite a sacred desert as well. It's very sacred. Oh, yeah. right, okay. Where we were ordering uh, Egypt as well, yeah, and Jordan, so it's right, a lat is right at the bottom. Oh, they might, nice. yeah, they'd probably chop your head off if you took a film crew. Do you know what they would probably yeah. would, yeah, yeah, you know? <laughs> so... <laughs> we laugh, but I wouldn't do it, no, <laughs> and I definitely wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> and the, when my friend Josh was telling me he's from Israel, he said, when they said lockdown, they meant lockdown. Mm. They meant you are staying in and you ain't, you're not got leaving your house. And they had to have this note uh, once every two weeks or once a week. And they could go to the supermarket as long as they had this um, like note to prove that they're okay to go. You know, it's, yeah, yeah. it wasn't like us lot where... You could go, I don't know, skateboarding down the road. Or... Yeah. Well, didn't they, um, they were really extreme with the vaccination process as well, weren't they? Israel. Oh, they were. Yeah, they were one of the first countries that managed to get. But it's also a small country as well. You've got to remember that. So they were able to get it done quite quickly. Mm. Um, but also because you have people that are not quite sure if they want to take it, the process is much longer. Yeah. Mm. So. I've had about five because <laughs> I've, 
I've got a, a, a I've got a, a weak immunity system, so I had to take um, more than two vaccines. Okay. Yeah. And no, I haven't taken up half of the street with the magnets. <laughs> I was going to say, the spoons are sticking yeah, to you. I would have probably been covered in metal by now. <laughs> <laughs> but how did the vaccination affect you? Did it affect you at all? No, it's like the flu jab, uh, just a little bit of an aching arm and uh, fine. Oh, really? One day. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no issues. I know uh, Shelley felt a little bit sick when she had her first, uh, you had the Moderna vaccine, didn't you? Yeah, I felt pukey with that one. Wasn't yeah. nice. I had Moderna as well. I felt really ill for a few days. That's it. The Modernas make you sick. Yeah. But apparently, I've had, I've had Moderna before, and um, I think that was the last vaccine because they mixed it up the vaccines. Because the first one I had was Pfizer, mm. and uh, I had Moderna, and um, again, it was just an achy arm. Mm. <laughs> Are you sure your uh, immune system is pretty bad? I know, right? <laughs> but but I, I grew up in the countryside as well, so uh, <laughs> the rolling in dirt and everything you're fine. Yeah, Eat, eating worms all your life. Yeah, <laughs> probably good for you. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Get electrocuted by a fence and all sorts. <laughs> oh, did you see that? Did you see that story about that boy who ate that slug? No, it's no. not a joke. Now, it's a, this is a proper story. He's an Australian football player, and he was only like eighteen or nineteen, and he was out with all his mates on the on the beer on the weekend, and they all dared him, to, they were all doing these dares, and they dared him to eat this slug. So he ate a slug, and it was carrying um, something like rat, rat worm, a rat worm or something, and it got, into his, got into his nervous system and into his brain, and then he became um, a paraplegic. No way. His whole life, yeah, his whole life got ruined by eating a slug. That is horrible. So... That's Australia. <laughs> uh, be very careful uh, with whatever's moving. <laughs> yeah, but don't eat yeah. any slugs. Well, don't don't eat any, any spiders. spiders. <laughs> don't, don't. If it was the end of the world and I had to survive, I'd be dead. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's the end of the world, everything's been blown up and World War Three, and there's a few survivors and I happen to be one of them. And I had to eat some, find something to eat. That's it. <laughs> I'd lose so much weight. <laughs> yeah, I'm not big any slugs anytime soon. No. That's for sure. <laughs> I'd be screwed. I really would. <laughs> Everyone's accidentally eating a fly as well because they're just yeah, and spiders. Uh, you spiders. don't you don't want to watch the fly, the fit the eighties film. Have you ever seen that? That is yeah. seen that uh, with Jeff Oh God, God. God. It's, it's, it's a great film, but my God, yeah. <laughs> I actually felt, when I watched that film, I actually felt physically sick, like I was going to throw up at the end. It's a it really made me feel ill. It's a really fun fact for you. I read um, Mel Brooks' autobiography, and it's actually a Brooks film. Oh, is um, that? Yeah, he produced the film, Mel Brooks, and we know him of doing, like, Blazing Saddles mm. and Histories of the World, and he wanted to do Brooks films because he wanted to do more serious films, and David Cronenberg... Um, uh, and also the Elephant Man as well was, an, uh, I think, another another one as uh, Yeah, I didn't know he produced no that one as well. No, I didn't um, know that. No. Yeah. So it's quite, uh, quite an interesting uh, fact for you. So I wouldn't watch it. Serious, I would not watch it again. I only watch it once. <laughs> and the one where they have a plane crash and they have to eat each other, you know, that one as well. What's that? Oh, a, a lie. I wouldn't. 
I wouldn't watch that again either. Oh, it's one film you should never life. ever watch. Yeah. But once is enough, and that Serbian film that was oh god, that was a horrendous film. I thought I thought I was like, why would you make something like that? Like what what are you trying to prove? <laughs> Horrible. Just just Google it and you'll see what I mean. No, I'm not going to Google it. Oh, don't, please don't. No, I don't want to. The last, I think the last movie I sort of watched like that was about this media influencer guy and they took him to Russia or somewhere or Poland or whatever and they were, they were playing like this escape rooms game and the, the people that were with him, they all pretended it was real. So we went into this escape rooms thing with his, with his friend and his girlfriend and everything, and they all got killed off one by one. But they got killed off thinking he was thinking that everything was real. So when he actually got out at the end, he killed the guy that organised everything, and all the people that were there, <laughs> that were there, were filming it on their phones because he was this like really top social media guy, yeah. and they were like, "What are you? Oh, stop, stop! What are you doing?" And he was like really punching this guy's face in, and then uh, they ended up killing him. I can't remember what movie it was called now, but yeah, that was a strange movie as well. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll give those ones a miss. Yeah. <laughs> You're quite squeamish, Shelley. <laughs> I am, I'm terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I'm awful. I'm sorry, I'm the opposite to Kira. Yeah, right. I'm like a teddy bear and she's like... Well, know, probably the latest thing I've done, which probably would make her quite squeamish, is I went to the H.R. Geiger Museum, the guy who did um, the Alien from Alien. Some of his okay. art is incredible, but it's very grotesque in in the way uh, the imagery. But it, I, I really enjoyed it because <laughs> I'm familiar with H.R. Geiger's work. But it's, uh, I had to be very careful with some of the pictures that are put up because some of them probably may not be allowed on Instagram, may not yeah. be allowed on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Standards because they anything with boobs, they will just remove. <laughs> oh, do you know Madonna's still on there? And Tommy Lee. Enough's enough. <laughs> yeah. All right then, girls. So, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> thank really you great. for putting up with David in his hot tub. Hot tub oh, time machine. I like to keep. I've actually Which got a, hot tub. <laughs> Sarah is my lighting manager. She's got a she's got a phone with the the a torch, torch on. on the phone. Yeah. Yeah. She's your, your walking lighting rig. That's right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. All right, we'll wrap it up then. All right. So thanks for joining us and uh, yeah, yeah. Pleasure. Good luck for the future with whatever you decide to do. Yeah, yeah hopefully we'll see you on stage. Tell the listeners and fans out there that they can download the digital album yeah. um, on Apple, uh, come on, Kira, Spotify, you know, uh, iTunes, iTunes Amazon, Bandcamp. Yeah, yes. any yeah, Bandcamp. Basically on the internet. And we will have a physical CD which they can purchase off of our, uh, you can go onto our Facebook the end of November and it'll have all the links for the physical CD. As well. All right, very good. Okay, and we'll let you know if we're touring. Okay. Yeah, please. Yeah, yeah. you'll have to tell me twice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 All right, cheers. All right, thank you very All much. Guys. See you later. Bye. 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 Thanks. Bye.